Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, first things first, for those of you that are avid listeners, you'll know that there was no episode as of last week, and this is just simply because I was absolutely dying in my bed um, from really about the Monday up until tail end of the week. Um, I, after two and a half years, managed to catch COVID, and um, yeah, wouldn't wish that upon anyone. Uh, I've had chest infections before, very, very similar, um, but just just absolutely wiped out. I was able to, you know, I got back to check-ins, um, and that's really what I was able to do last week. I wasn't really able to do anything with that. I took some time off the gym, had to, um, and for those of you that know me, you know I'm all about all about going to the gym. I actually managed to go, um, we have our own private facility, managed to go on a Thursday for an hour and do a push session, that was cool, and then the Friday um, I went to go do a posterior session, did four reps of my top set weight of stiff leg deadlifts and had to leave, and then I left and uh, went home and went to bed, and it was really only uh, this past Sunday that I kind of felt almost kind of back to normal, but uh, yeah, the fatigue, the tiredness, uh, the cough, the razor blades in the throat, the lethargy, like, I, I wouldn't wish that upon upon anyone, so I'm sure there are many of you listening that have, that have had it, um, and kind of kind of know what I'm speaking about, and it was so odd, uh, I was eating uh, my usual meals, or trying to, but uh, I think it was the Wednesday, I was eating my chicken and rice, and I was just like, I can't taste this, I said that to my wife, and I uh, couldn't finish it, we had tea later on, couldn't taste anything, couldn't finish it, it was horrid. But that only lasted for half a day, um, thankfully. But yeah, hey, that is me back um, and, and back on the on the podcast game. As, as always, it was last night we had our uh, post-prep webinar, um, which was well-received by everyone that was on, um, and we had a super time delivering it. it, it we, you know, we realised it's, it's been a long time since we uh, jumped on and did a webinar, um, but uh, we wanted to do one this time around to speak about a hot topic. Um, a little bit of a different vibe because last time we done webinars was, du- was during lockdown where uh, there was there was so many people that were just in their house with nothing else to do but the amount of people that said, hey Vaughn, um, you know, I've got I've got to go to the gym because I look after the kids and whatnot. Um, there, was, there was so many of that this time around um, and quite rightly so. So we have recorded it um, and it is going to be on the YouTube channel. Um, it, it should be live by the time this podcast goes out. Um, so please just do check that out. Go to our YouTube channel. There'll be a um, a playlist, a webinar playlist. It'll be in there, and it's called Post Prep Files. We would love to hear um, if you if you watch it. We'd love to hear a little bit about what you thought. Um, if it's benefited you post show, or if 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 you watch it after your show, uh, or you share it with someone, we'd love to hear just just the impact that it did have, and if you used any of the the tips and tools in it. Um, you know, we, we, yes. You've got other coaching companies out there that will speak about what to do with the training, the drugs, like we have done as well. But the main benefit and the the extra sort of addition you get with VW Physique is that we have Clara, who's a sport and exercise psychologist, um, and you won't see any coaching company across the UK that has one of those under their brand. So she really delves into the mindset of how to how to deal with the the getting a little bit softer and, and the, the positive self talk and whatnot. But um, anyway, moving on to today's topic um, is. Speaking of moving up categories, and this is something that I've personally done myself, and I've worked with many clients over the years that have have done so, um, and I, and I understand that it is it is a natural form of progression in the sport 
the bigger you get. But there, I think there's a few things that you kind of got to take into consideration before you you do so. Um, you know, for example, in in the guys scene, everybody wants to be a classic physique athlete now, right? Because becoming so popular, it's that bridge between men's physique and bodybuilding. You know, guys maybe aren't big enough to be bodybuilders, but they don't want to do men's physique because they want to get the legs that they've got good legs. Um, they're going for sort of classic physique. But then you have, there's a few things you kind of need to, to ask yourself. Um, and then a few things you got to then do if that was the case. You couldn't just go from, well, I mean, you might get some people, you can just go from men's physique one year up to classic physique the next. But what I'd always say, regardless of whether you are, um, you know, a guy or, or a girl um, looking to move up, you know, maybe you're looking to go from bikini to wellness or bikini to figure or men's physique to classic, men's physique to novice, whatever it is. What I'd ask that you do is just have a look at look where you're where you're at right now. So come 2017, um, I did men's physique. Why? Because it was, you know, it's the least muscled category that you can do. And I didn't have the muscle mass for anything else, if I'm honest. Um, so I, I enter men's physique and and looking back on it, you know, I'm not a men's physique guy. Yes, I have maybe perhaps a small waist when I do a lat spread, but how my waist looks in this men's physique side shots, um, how my top line was and everything like that, just, just genetically, just not well suited to, to men's physique. And I think that's something that not a lot of people will ask themselves when they come to compete they get too excited and they want to just jump in and do the you know the least muscle class that they can because obviously they're at the start of their journey and that's cool in hindsight though i probably like having then now, now done classic physique i probably would have waited and put on the size that's required and, and went down the classic physique route first but hey you live and you learn so for me, um, I had actually decided I wasn't going to compete for those of you that listen to this, you already know that. Um, but I, I knew that I, knew I wanted to get bigger. So that was 2017. Now, I stepped on stage in Classic Physique in 2020. So it shows you the the big difference in in time. Or sorry, it shows you the difference in t- it shows the emphasis of time that it took to, to build up. So if you're thinking about moving up categories, I, I just want to you ask yourself, just like, where are you at right now? In regards to your muscularity, I want you to have a look and think about your genetics and how you look in certain poses. Um, for example, like your 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 muscle insertions. Um, if you're going into a bodybuilding category or classic physique category, um, like how do your quads sit? You know, I mean, do you have the natural big sweep or or is it not quite as prominent? Um, if you are thinking about going into like a bigger category, you know, where do your lats sit? Do you have a big V taper? Can you build a big V taper based on your insertions and your origins? Um, so you, you look at where you're at now and you have to think of, right, are you best suited just staying put where you are? Or do you think that with making some improvements over a few years that you could, you could you know, build a physique and, and, and get to a, a more muscle category? These are questions that if you're not asking yourself, there definitely is questions that you have to ask your coach, ask your peers, ask other bodybuilders. You know, don't just ask your peers that are maybe at work that just love smashing kebabs and um, you know angel, angel delights and whatnot at the weekend. Um, angel delight? Why? Why did I say that? Jesus, that's 
that's completely off the off the bandwagon, isn't it? But anyway, back to it. Ask those around you that know, that get it. Um, ultimately, I think that if you don't like a category and you've done it, like don't force yourself to stay. I would just say go go for the bigger one and take the time off anyway. If it doesn't feel kind of you, always go up. But you have to you have to then say right. Well, okay, I'm going to go up, but. How long is it going to to take you to get there? So me, men's physique to classic physique, it took me roughly about three years. Could I have competed in 2019? Um, I think I probably could have, but in all honesty, I don't think I would have done quite as well. Albeit I just competed the once in 2020. Um, I don't think I would have looked quite as good as I did in 2020 because I had a very long productive off-season in 2019 after I did a photo shoot. It was really actually only when I was at a show two weeks after my photo shoot that I kind of looked at the classic physique guys and thought, classic bodybuilders it was actually, it was PCA Scotland and I thought actually I could do that um, and it kind of inspired me to do it for the the following year. Um, but as I said, you know, how long is it going to take you to get there? Are you willing? Do you have the commitment? Do you have the time to spend the next two or three years working towards that. the pa- I suppose, do you have the patience to do so? Because if you're someone that's like, you've thought about competing, you've done one off season, a recomp and then a prep, maybe, you've, maybe you're a bikini athlete, maybe you're naturally muscled and you know you, you did quite well and um, the actual journey from you thinking about competing to step on stage, maybe it was 18 months and then all of a sudden, when you're thinking about like a wellness or maybe a being a figure athlete, you've then got your coach saying, right, cool, this is going to take you about two or three years. You might kind of go, what the fuck? But I don't want to wait two or three years. Like maybe you're a junior and you've only got two years left and you maybe kind of go, right, well, fuck that. If that's the case and you really want to compete just for the sake of it, then just compete for the sake of it. And who gives a shit what category you do as long as you're up there and you're having fun. That's the main thing, right? But if you truly are wanting to, to move up and to to go into a class that's more more you, uh, maybe, you know, more suited towards who you are as a person, then uh, you must be willing to have the time. But that's the thing with bodybuilding. like We have an abundance of time. Time is the one thing that we all have. It's, it's finite. But we, are, like, we all understand that you have to be patient in this game to get to where you want to be. And the the process of every day eating your meals, progressive overload, more weight on the bar, more reps at the same load, etc. etc. Like you know that it works. So it's just a case of how much at what rate do you grow? Um, at what rate do you progress? Now of course there are maybe tools that you could put in the mix. For example, guys, you know, maybe you're a natural men's physique and you've went down the assisted route and easily can move up to classic right um, or if you've just really pushed the envelope a little bit with, with anabolics and with your body weight again that jump up can be easier I'm going to say much easier for assisted males um, than it can be for let's say a natural male or a, a natural female to do so but of course with the way the industry is going uh, and the female assisted side of things you know we're now in a position by which females can use anabolics in a safe manner um, and it's been as I said well evident across the board that they can be on them not necessarily year round but maybe for the most part if you're 
you're sticking within the physiological range, you could say year round, and then be strategic, sort of have other strategic phases across the year. So, you know, females can uh, can still push the envelope a little bit with uh, on the assisted route. But remember, like females just have like such a capacity for growth and recovery compared to us guys anyway. Like they they get stronger than us. I know loads of natural females that pound for pound body weight are stronger than me as an, as an assisted male, uh, but they recover quicker and they grow they grow fairly well. But you're probably wondering, right, well, yeah, Vaughn, I, I get that, I understand that, but um, how do I go about it is is the main thing. So let's say, for example, you are a, a bikini athlete and you are looking to move up to uh, wellness or figure, right? Whether it be tone figure um, or wellness, I feel like the size of the girls are very, very similar. I would actually say that that wellness girls are as big as figure girls, but just with softer posing. Um, so if I mean, if you're going to be moving up from bikini to wellness, like, does your training necessarily have to change much at all? Um, again, like, it's hard to speak in absolutes from like a genetic standpoint because people are so individual. But if I was to speak in in genetic terms, uh, it would probably say that your training could probably remain very much the same. Um, because in wellness, what they are looking for is just that way more size than bikini in the likes of the glutes, the hamstrings, the adductors, the cap on the lateral delt. So if you already train legs, say almost three times a week and your, your lateral delts are in there roughly, say three times a week as well, then it makes sense that you just need more. So you just need to continue to do the process that little bit more. But if you are moving up from if you want to move from bikini to figure, you know, this is a much larger jump, much bigger jump that is maybe going to take you a little bit of time, particularly if you're doing this naturally. Um, I would say that it's probably going to be one of the biggest jumps of class that would take the longest to do, um, just simply because of the difference in size of the girls, but also just the, the difference in muscularity as well. And what they're looking for in bikini uh, versus what they're looking for in figure are, are, are two completely different things. So this is where bikini girls aren't going to train like figure girls and vice versa. So if you are a bikini girl and you've been training in a certain manner and you want to become a figure girl, then you know, I'm, f- I'm fortunate to say like you're going to need to start training arms. You're going to need to start training a little bit of chest. Probably have incorporated in there a little bit more back work maybe a little bit more quad work because your quads are you know part of that x frame um, and if you're so focused on your glute hamstrings and you're you know for you because you've been doing bikini which is fair play well figure maybe you're just going to say well look your quads need brought up as well these are conversations that as i said you, you've got to be having with your coach or just sitting down and deciding just like right this is where my physique's at and this is what i need to do this is where i need to go but then just assessing over time so I have one, um, one female at the current moment who uh, uh, hadn't competed yet, but decided um, not that long ago that you know what figure was more her and could we do this? And I had said, uh, I said yeah, yeah, of course we absolutely could. It's just going to require a little bit of different training. So we've changed our training, but we're like we're all also like just continually assessing and thinking like right, well, what is this training doing so you know she had a posing session a couple months ago in which the posing coach was like oh you know you need more back 
and then I'm looking, you know, the past couple of months, and I'm going, yeah, well, I know that, but our back's growing. So I'm looking at the program, going, well, if I, if I put more in, I'd put more in there, but it'd be two sets. And I'm looking at other body parts, thinking, right, right, well, the glutes are growing, they need a bit more. Right, well, we're, we're getting a bit bigger in the delts and here and whatnot. So I'm just going to leave it as it is. But it's that continual assessment of, like, there could come a, t- a time where we, you know, it gets to next month or it gets to two or three months down the line and say, right, you know what, actually, this body part stopped responding quite as well. Let's have a little bit of manipulation to volume, to train program, whatever. But you probably find if, if you nail it and you find the sweet spot, you maybe don't need to make changes for a long time. But remember that the key factor is that you must be continuing to, to get stronger. But... I'd say, as I said, the biggest jump up really would probably be the bikini to the to the tone figure. Um, I don't think you could go much above that. I don't think you could go to like from bikini to like athletic figure or or anything like that. Um, trained figure, it's maybe called in some in some in some categories in some federations. Sorry, but um, that would kind of be my advice on the on the ones looking to to go from the the sort of bikini wellness or the bikini to to figure um, and then I guess one of the most common jumps that you're seeing at the current moment and I talked about this on um, I talked about this on uh, earlier on the podcast is, is that jump from men's physique to, to classic or you could argue maybe novice bodybuilding um, would be would be a decent jump as well um, things to take into consideration I suppose I didn't even mention this for bikini to figure um, something you take into consideration for, for that as well. It's just the increasing um, like number of poses that you've got to hit, like men's physique, IFBB, uh, the hit two, you know, they hit the front and then hit the rear. Uh, well, classic physique, they're easily going to move you 10, 12 times maybe in certain poses. Um, you go to some bodybuilding shows, uh, the, the guys on stage are hitting about 13 or 14 poses. Um, including like the muscle rounds, including the mandatories, um, and then you know you include classic. They'll maybe do the standard um, poses, and then they say, right, your favorite classic pose from the front, your favorite classic pose from the side, and from the rear. So then you got those additional ones on top. Same in figure as well. Like if you're bikini, you're used to doing sort of four poses. Men's physique in some categories is four poses as well. Um, you're used to doing the four poses, and then all of a sudden, boom, you've got that big jump up. So. Need to remember that it's a it's a new learning curve for you as well. Um, here's an example: like Ali, Ali uh, is our coach under the brand. Um, he is going to compete next year in classic physique, but for the most part, Ali has always been a men's physique guy and trained in that manner and posed in that manner. So now that he's going through classic physique posing and the mandatories and muscle rounds, like he's meshing me, going fuck me, like I didn't realize how hard this was. And I'm like, well, yeah, but. You know, it gets easier over time the more you do it and it becomes somewhat the norm. So it's just understanding like how you look in poses right now. If you've just finished doing men's physique and you start doing classic poses, like you're not gonna look the part right now, but you must like you must 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 pose like that now to see how you are growing, how the program's changing. So if you're a bikini and you want to be figure, you must start doing figure posing in your check-ins. If you were men's physique and you want to do classic or novice bodybuilding, you must start doing classic or novice bodybuilding posing because then that'll dictate over time, okay, right, we are responding in X, Y, and Z manner. We need to do more with programming or whatnot. But the biggest change, I suppose, for the guys looking to do men's physique to classic or novice would probably be your legs training. If you're a men's physique athlete, no doubt you've probably been hitting legs just there once a week. Actually, I also know some men's physique guys that um, maybe do <laughs> maybe train legs once every 
two or three weeks really. But anyway, you're going to need to up your leg training frequency to at least two. Um, I would say that really I don't know many guys at all that are doing three leg days a week. If they are, I'd really question your intensity. I feel that if you are going balls to the wall and you're giving it the big old beans, as I say, um, that you'll probably just get the, the twice a week. But this is the thing, like building legs just takes a tremendous amount of time. Um, a lot more time than you'll probably think. And here's the thing, like it's not that like you have to go hard every single leg session. You can't get away with just like backing off the gas and expecting them to grow. So it's not just like a couple of months of going hard and you'll see some really, really, really big progress. It's like, right, I'm going all in, you know, balls to the wall um, on that hack squat, on that pendulum, the Smith squat or whatever it is. And I'm doing it every single set, every single session, every single week for years. Remember that big change? As I said, for me, my legs were always pretty decent, but they really came to their own between 2017 and the end of 2019 when I decided to prep. And I was fixated on my, my mantra was don't be beat from the legs. Um, and I said that to, to everyone, uh, everyone of my clients that was thinking about, you know, competing and wanting to bring their legs up and just really taking like onus of hard working. Because when you bump into a bodybuilder, with big legs, like you become so appreciative of like, right, you've had to work really fucking hard for a long time to actually build them. So when you when you do build yourself a set of wheels, you realize just how, how long it takes. Um, and I always have such an appreciation um, for when I meet bodybuilders with big legs. But yeah, you just have to really question, can you train, can you sustain that level of, of hard training? Um, if you're not used to it, you're, you're as men's physique quite nat- naturally, like you, you, you're used to, to training arms, top line, back and that's cool and you can train hard but nothing is harder than a, a good old leg session my suggestion for regardless of you know your guy or girl looking to move up if you're looking to build your legs like get yourself a training partner it is the best piece of um, advice I could ever give you someone that you don't necessarily need to compete with them Um but it's it's fun to chase each other if you're quite close in strength. They go one week, you go one week. But also I think it's just that progress is infectious. So if I go and I do like a PB set and I'm like going for it and giving it quite giving it quite the big old beans and then like Chris is going after me or Ali's going after me, like they get amped up and they get pumped up and they want to progress. And then again, if they do, it's infectious then for my next set. Um, and it's just a great environment. So I, I think that your logbook's your best pal, but a training partner, um, I'll always attest, like, uh, attest a lot of my progress to my training partners over the years. Going back to 2017, it was, it was Adam, before that, sorry, it was Ali, then it was Adam Hardwood, uh, then then after it was, it was Fitch for a long time, and then now it's been Chris, and Ali jumps in as well, um, for the most part in the past sort of couple of years, ever since we got the unit. Um, and, and I probably wouldn't like have the, the legs I do, uh, the quads I do, sorry, because my glutes are so shit, uh, without without them, uh, without them pushing me during sets, without them ta- helping me take an extra rep rep or so. Um, so yeah, I think, I think I'm think i getting a bit off track here, but one of the biggest things I'd suggest if you're looking to move up categories, uh, particularly the men's physique, moving to classic or, or novice, is uh, just how how much harder you're going to need to train your legs and more frequently. But I guess as a, a sort of final thought to try and almost wrap things up is don't let anybody tell you 
what you can, can't do, what you should or shouldn't do. Only really you know uh, what's possible and what you could achieve. I'm sure if uh, I stepped off stage in 2017 and and said to people straight away, you know, like I I will be a classic physique athlete, British champ in the next X amount of years, people would have probably laughed. But if you have something in your mind, if you could see it, see it in your mind, you could hold it in your hands, think about it every day, and, and you'll naturally get there. Um, it's a little bit of personal development, um, which uh, I don't do much of on this on this podcast. But yeah, that's just my uh, it's just my two cents on it. But we are roughly uh, almost halfway through the year. How did how did those six months get by? Uh, passed us by so quickly. Uh, well into the competitive season, um, I actually maybe have someone competing a bit sooner than I than I thought. Um, I was supposed to have a bit of a six week break, but I'm trying to chuck a couple of clients in some earlier shows. So really excited for that. Um, and as of sort of mid July, things start to really pick up, and then they're busy from there all the way up until you know the end of September probably actually more the end of October because you've got British finals and and everything else in between so I'll wrap up there guys I hope that you are doing well and just remember that wherever you are whatever you do give it the beans